Yeah, you definitely, I mean, I've seen new players start from the beginning. I mean, I've seen people um, who started when Shadowbringers came out and right now they're like, yay, I'm level 30. And I'm like, okay, you got to keep going. <laughs> like, and it just feels, it feels tough because they're like, all right, I have people come to my stream that are like, I just hit level 50. This is so exciting. I'm so excited for Heaven's War. And I'm like, oh, wait, you just hit level 50. You probably got like at least a couple weeks you know before you actually get to heaven's word because there's so much there that they have to do Welcome everybody to Casually Hardcore. I'm my name is Brian. This is episode 37. <laughs> I forgot my lines. Uh, welcome to the podcast today. We're happy to welcome uh, Spofy on to the podcast itself. We got to sit down, hang out with her uh, out at the fan festival back. Uh, was it like May? Media tour. Yeah, the media tour. Right. So back yeah. in May, right? And uh, and so we had Avalon Star and Spofy at our table. We got to run some dungeons. We got to play some Final Fantasy. We got to speculate on what this could mean. And it's been a you know a crazy summer, a crazy journey, and so we're happy uh, to welcome her onto the podcast. Bovi, you just went out to PAX West. Uh, you know, that sounds like really interesting uh, in and of itself. Why don't you tell uh, people about uh, you, where they can find you, what you're about, uh, and maybe talk a little bit about PAX West if you get some time. Sure. Um, well, my name is Bofi, as as introduced. Um, I stream on Twitch mainly. Um, I have created some content elsewhere, but my primary platform is Twitch. You can also find me on Twitter for mostly cat pictures um, at Spofi with two E's. Um, but I stream every night. I've been doing a stream streak, so to speak, for 841 days now where I stream every single day. Um, so I'm, I'm always around at nighttime on Twitch, usually playing Final Fantasy XIV. Um, I did just go to PAX. Uh, I'm going to TwitchCon in about a month as well. Um, PAX was really cool. It was the first PAX I've ever been to. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I would say it, it's, it's much busier than any other convention I've been to, I guess, cause it's, it's so popular compared to a lot of other conventions that there were all sorts of people there and it was absolutely overwhelming as heck. <laughs> what did you see while you were out there? Like what, what drew you out to PAX West in, in the first place, especially if it was your first time to go? Yeah, um, I didn't actually have a particular thing being shown at PAX that drew me out there. Um, the main thing that drew me out there was that I had a friend in the area, so I was able to stay there for free, and it was kind of like a, a cheap option for me. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm glad I went because there are actually like four streamers and stuff. There is a lot of a lot of streamers go and a lot of content creators go, and there's a lot of opportunities to see a lot of different companies and games um i did get to try ff7 which was probably which was definitely a highlight okay um, okay hold on we're diverting yeah <laughs> so i have heard nothing but high praise from the people who actually played ff7 remake i, I yeah. was telling chris before the show before you jumped on i'm actually really enjoying the final fantasy 8 remastered but if you go look at the reviews people are slamming it so it's always interesting how my perception matches with others What's your what's your read off of Final Fantasy VII Remake? Because honestly, I've I was worried about the battle system, but then people yeah. commented they they said no, don't. 
But now I'm worried about the episodic thing. I'm, I'm trying not to be a worry word about okay. it. T talk to me about seven. So we were able to play like, I guess, one bit with like a boss and like some fighting and stuff. Um, I thought the the combat felt awesome. And I'm like not someone who when I when I get into a game, um, a, like a type of game that I may not be super familiar with, usually it takes me like a decent amount of time to feel like it's natural but like when i hopped on to play ff7 like it took like five minutes and i was like wow this is like this feels really good um and the switching between like the action combat into like where the time like slow mos and you get to choose um skills and abilities it, it just felt really cool i had a lot of fun with it oh my gosh like i that comes out um this spring so it's it feels like yeah. it's not that far away but do they talk so. to you at all about like anything regarding like episodic in that nature? Cause that's the thing that I'm like, what does that mean? Like, they didn't. Okay, no. darn it. Like that's, I wish that they would clarify that much. Like I want somebody to clarify new game plus we have a, yeah. we, we have a theory about what it is. Um, hopefully we'll have more clarification on, on the 15th. Anyway. So on that note, like we uh, be sure to check out the links in the description of this video when it's posted over on YouTube. So you can find Spofy everywhere she is at. Uh, from her content from Twitter and Twitch as well. Now, if you guys missed our last podcast, you can find it on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, or the links will be in the description of this video below. Our last guest was Avalon Star. Again, uh, we're kind of having like a little uh, media tour reunion, which is fantastic and a lot of fun. So we got to talk to him about Destiny 2 and Final Fantasy 14. And that kind of brings us to what one of the big topics of this podcast is going to be about is both streaming content creation, when to take right breaks, what kind of games balance out what do we like to play and how do we kind of manage that as content creators as well uh and maybe who knows more final fantasy 7 if i can uh get any more details <laughs> out of spofy yeah i do want to say thanks to our partnership with exit lag and shadow pc for helping support the channel guys we have links in the description below if you want to check out either exit lag if you want to uh to try them out for three free days uh, and 20 percent off you can use the code do work and if you're interested in checking out cloud gaming uh, that's actually, I've been doing all my PC gaming in the cloud uh, using Shadow PC, but I would only recommend it if you're near a data center. So check out the links, check out if that's a service you want to try out and also use the code do work. With the business concluded, let's have some fun. What have you been doing between now and 5.1? You know, I, I've watched a couple of your streams. I know you're playing uh, more than just Final Fantasy 14. So yeah, yeah. what's your, what's your plan? Um, so I still have been playing a lot of 14 because for me, I always want my channel to be at least like 80% Final Fantasy 14 as like a arbitrary percentage I would throw out there, um, which gets interesting because in these like kind of lull times, you kind of have to make your own content, I find. Um, so coming up with that stuff has been interesting. The past week has been a little bit crazy because i've been traveling so even though i stream every day mm -hmm. um have to kind of improvise like we did some irl streams at pax um twitch actually let me use one of their irl backpacks i don't know if y'all have seen or heard of those i haven't now um, I, I must know what it is because we inadvertently yeah. guessed on one of your live streams uh, out of the media tour i didn't realize it till we were all oh in. yeah with my selfie stick stream yeah Justin, no, but... you started with the backpack yeah Backpack. Yeah, the original like Justin TV guy. They had a backpack with like a cell phone and a laptop. They said it weighed like 50 pounds. Holy. Oh. And he was getting swatted. And this was back when they thought that they could run a website just off of following one guy, like just right. off of Justin. Well, uh, obviously huh. by the name. Uh, Things have changed. <laughs> 
So what's this backpack? Like, is it obviously uh, not 50 pounds, I would assume? like uh... It was not 50 pounds, no. But it, it's this really cool... They have a bunch of them now, and um, they lend them out to streamers. You can buy your own from a website, but <clears throat> it costs, like, I think somewhere between $1,500 and $2,000. Like, it's like a heavy-duty... It's like a big backpack with, like, a GoPro mounted on it and, like, all these, like, modems inside and, like... I don't know. Basically what you would need to run an 8,000 bit rate stream on the go with like a GoPro and like high quality stuff. And it was cool getting to try that out and like actually do a high quality IRL stream, so to speak. That's nuts. Um, That's nuts. Yeah. Is that like well, archived? Because I did not catch that. So is that like archived in your stream right now? Um, I think bits of it are. Okay. It, it was tough because because obviously it runs off of cell phone data um, and or like they have... Um, connections based off of cell phone data and with packs and so many people you couldn't go inside the convention and some areas were really spotty um so th i think there is like a vod from when we played ddr though so. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one so how are you liking fire emblem oh my gosh it's so good well fire emblem for me um it kind of didn't have anything to do with 5.1 or any it didn't have anything to do with what was going on in final fantasy 14 because for me fire emblem is my favorite like single player franchise of all time mm -hmm. so i when when three houses was coming out i was like i'm gonna play that i'm gonna finish it like i'm not gonna only stream that but there, no matter what i'm gonna finish it on stream because i i love that game so much <laughs> <laughs> that's good that's actually one of the things that when i um when like as i'm looking over the summer like I felt this like insane pressure to kind of try to get all my jobs to level cap as quickly as possible. And then I was like, man, I'm missing out on so many good games. So like on one of the games I, I love is Dragon Quest. So I've been playing a little Dragon Quest Builders with my oldest daughter. And it's really kind of fun because I like it's it's anti-progress. Like anytime that I come back and she's been playing, like it's interesting to see what is what is waiting for me uh, mm. in my town, which is which is fun. Like it's like you got to just sit here and be like. This is what it is, and this is going to be how it's going to be. Now, Chris is di di doving back. Div doo -doo -doo -doo. Uh, he's, he's back into WoW Classic. He didn't expect it. He thought he was going to dabble in it. But talk to me about it, Chris. Like, I've, I watched your video this morning. <laughs> I had a full work week this week, and, uh, and I'm not feeling well. And in the last seven days, I've still put 60 hours on the game. Like that's, that's casual mode like, and I'm frustrated <laughs> that I can't play more. Um, it's, it, it's as grindy as it was. Um, I expect it to be fun from like a nostalgia standpoint to kind of get to relive that. But I kind of picture that like putting on one of your old favorite movies where like you might, you could possibly even skip a few scenes. You might get up and go out of the room to like get a glass of water or, or maybe you really watch it intently, but then you don't need to watch it again for some huge length of time. Um, I instead feel exactly like I did back then. Like it's taken me back to being that very same kid where like I'm frustrated that I have to go do things to like pay my mortgage because <laughs> I would rather play. So like the whole time. So I, I went to meet with this client at an appointment and they were like 20 minutes late. And the whole time I was thinking, well, now I'm going to be 20 minutes late headed home. And so now oh, I'm going to get man. traffic. So this can cost me like 40 minutes. And now I'm going to be late to get in the queue. Like the whole, it, it had nothing to do with like, oh, how unprofessional of them or anything. It was like, this is really cutting down on the amount of WoW Classic I'm going to get in tonight. I cannot oh believe this adult person is getting in the way of my gaming. Oh my gosh. I've, I've tried to like dabble into it because I, I don't have nostalgia for it, but I've, I've, I went and I was like, oh, I'll check it out. 
And when I'm actually playing the game, like there's this really fascinating, like this, this, there's actually an enjoyment and I can see like, wow, this is really like different when compared to the games of 2019 in that way. And so I'm really excited to see how well it's doing. It's going to be neat to see. We've always kind of said, what's going on with WoW Classic in January? Like, are people still as excited about it? Or was it just a nice little trip down uh, memory lane? I, for myself, I think I'm prepping um, for Destiny 2 Shadowkeep. I think when I look at it, I've almost gotten, I've gotten everything but my Titan to level 50, which is the current level cap. The nice thing about it is there's no real pressure to gear grind because everybody gets boosted on day one. Uh, Shadow Keep to the current highest light power level. So it's like, okay, well, I'm going to just save up as many resources and try to stock up as many things for upgrades so that later I don't have to work so hard. And uh, so I got my Titan to 49, so I should hopefully hit 50 uh, this weekend and, and be and just like, great, I'm ready to I'm ready to step in, uh, step back onto the moon uh, for myself. And so I think that's where, like when we talked with like Avalon last week and why one of the things I think is really cool about uh, kind of the, the main topics here tends to be that having a good balance of things that are diverse. So Spoke, you talked about Fire Emblem, single player, still kind of has the, you know, the themes there. It's an RPG, but it's yeah, a tactical. RPG feel. Mm -hmm. And it's tactical. So it's, uh, you get to have kind of that different experience. What's your experience when you stream 14 to versus when you stream, uh, you know, Firehouse, uh, Firehouse, <laughs> Fire Emblem. I don't know. Man, my, my brain is all. No, you're totally fine. Um, I mean, different, obviously, in some ways. Mm -hmm. Um, I think because of some of the reasons you listed, it's not that different. Like if I if I booted up my stream and was just playing Fortnite, like I truly believe very few people would show up. Um, because when you make such a like huge genre change, uh, it's harder to kind of keep people engaged. But yeah, it's it's a JRPG. Like, there's a lot of people in my community that were interested in too. There's a lot of people that, while they were interested, didn't watch because they didn't want spoilers, which mm -hmm. is understandable too. We, we um, run into that a lot with the launch of fourteen. You know, yeah. fourteen being such a heavily storied game, you kind of saw like this massive, not just dip in viewership, but also like fear of like potential spoilers, right? And I get and I get it and respect it. When we had uh, Scott Zone like on the podcast, he was talking about how like in interestingly enough that somewhat hurts the game because it, it's not the algorithms and the social medias aren't then promoting mm -hmm. more about it because it's it becomes this more personalized experience, right? Yeah, and Fire Emblem. Yeah, I actually I skipped the story initially in fourteen. Um, on my main character so I could stream it and I was just like not doing any story right now I'm gonna go I'm, I still mm. haven't done it fully I'm gonna go out and doing it on all but um yeah I, we, I it initially we always kind of speculated that with the new game plus and the ability to kind of go and replay the story like on on you know either an alternate job or whatever will end up I think very much benefit benefiting the streaming uh community behind it because essentially yeah then you could be day one Yep, skip the story, but then later on you can be like, let me go and actually experience that now, and you can act, and people can come along that journey because most likely they're you know, ideally you're not going to be spoiling it in October or November, right. you know. So how far have you made it, Spofy? Like this stream is not guaranteed to be spoiler free for anybody listening, but how far has Spofy made it so that we don't spoil anything for you? I don't, I don't mind spoilers. I've seen, I they don't really register with me because I don't know that much about it i've i've been on a spoiler podcast i saw the um at pax west the creative director did a panel and i saw that obviously that was not spoiler free 
Um, but I am I haven't started the Shadowbringers story yet from a narrative perspective. Um, so Oh my gosh. I'm not spoiler sensitive either. Like I, like spoilers don't bother me. Somebody, the context of it was I don't mind it if I know nothing. Like if I've watched like three seasons of a show and you spoil it for it, then it's like I know it's gonna happen. But since it's like yeah. so different, someone can say something and I'm just like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed it and I'm the guy who skipped everything through ARR heaven's word and stormblood really did a little bit stormblood i tried from the standpoint of like the channel was a lot bigger and there was all these we'd have all these guests on talking about lore and it's like you know i should really give it another shot and the problem was that stormblood was so heavily like all of your character development was in the past and so i would watch a cutscene and i would get halfway through and they'd be like and obviously you feel this way about this and i was like why obviously like there was no previously on and yeah. so i felt just lost and that made it frustrating and so i was like well screw this escape button escape button escape button and then the next patch would come out and i'd try for two cutscenes and then escape button escape button escape so i have like half of stormblood and very little of heaven's word and none of arr and uh, Shadowbringers didn't require any of that. It's a standalone, wonderful, wonderful story. Um, so far, I will see if they lean back into the past uh, expansions a little more with 5.1. So essentially for our main topic, though, like for 14, the pacing of the 5X series, uh, especially as it uh, consists as a content creator, uh, you have been streaming pretty much every day for years now. <laughs> How does that work with a game like Final Fantasy 14 for you? Um... So like I said, I still like to keep to mostly 14, even when I kind of bring other games into the mix. The maximum I tend to do is like a couple days of variety a week, and then the other five days are 14. Um, so we come up with some weird stuff to do, basically. I mean, we do nights where we do like min-eye level, like old 24 mans. Last night, we like went into Orban Monastery with 12 people um you know we we do like viewer request nights nights where i like try to people can bet on how many mentor roulettes i can com complete in five hours you know all these like sort of mm. just have to come up with ideas that kind of make it interesting in the downtime but i think it's really fun i feel like the it, the downtimes are kind of underrated because when the game is in a lull is when you find people often kind of finding it and coming in and having a chance to get into it it really gives you the opportunity to connect with newer players mm -hmm. without like being super tunnel visioned yourself. I'm like, Oh, I'm doing the new content, you know? Well, I think, well, I mean, to your point, it gives the people to have an authentic view of the game yeah. beyond the hype. Right. Cause mm -hmm. I've, I've often seen and have to kind of balance hype in a way that it's not real. Like if it's the only thing that drives you to play the game, then you're only going to be, and then you're only going to jump in at those various different times of hype. For example, like uh, especially single player games are very like indicative of this. Somebody was quoting like, "Oh, look at X game. It's the number one on on Twitter or Twitch right now." Great. Tell me about that. You know, is it the number one game in a month when it's when other hype games come along and you have people kind of just chasing the hype, chasing that excitement, and then unfortunately sometimes being disappointed by it. So it's really cool to hear. Uh, and obviously watch your streams because it's they are that level it's that that content creation about it's not just the game right because if it was just like playing the game nothing else about that like yeah like eventually you've seen it you've done it but to be able to kind of put an interesting twist on it um you know is always i guess what keeps people coming back and makes it a part of that conversation and ideally then you get some really awesome memes yeah <laughs> out of it 
Yeah, some so, really silly stuff happens for sure. So you talk about like enjoying the new people coming over. And in the last few years, we've had a lot of people coming over from World of Warcraft. And so there's yeah. been like the term WoW Refugee became a mainstay. And there's all of this. And because of the frustration with BFA, 8.2 seems to have kept the people who were around a little bit happier. But by, but they've already they've already lost so many people this cycle. So 9.0 is really that rebirth. But Classic seems to have re-brought some interest in to players having at least a WoW subscription since it's all one thing. Do you think that that has an impact on the number of players coming into Shadowbringers right now? I think it does, absolutely. I mean, I think the past few weeks I've definitely noticed a downturn in new people coming into my stream. Like it's me, I, I mainly have noticed my core community like hanging out with me in my stream and not as many new people um, kind of coming in, but I, it was kind of to be expected. I mean, it's uh, kind of like Brian said, like the hype, it's there right now. The hype is in, is in sure. WoW Classic. Um, and I, I think that'll, I mean, I, I, I do think it's going to continue to be popular, but I mm -hmm. think that it won't, it'll mostly be the people who are like really dedicated to it, you know? Now, Final Fantasy, uh, like especially with Shadowbringers, but even just over the life of 14 and when you look at WoW Classic, they're both attempting to address a market in certain different ways. Like when I look at what is drawing people into WoW Classic, a little bit slower <laughs> combat, a little bit, uh, you know, less handholdiness, more just communication where people are just like, because there is no duty finder, there is no... Uh, a lot there's all this quality of life that we've come to expect and then i look at how how has 14 responded in that way and they were actually kind of in my opinion doing it beforehand right where you see eureka eureka is a good example of how do we try to fit that kind of sandbox style mm -hmm. kind of approach obviously in a modern mmo that doesn't essentially capitalize because you can't just redo like all the 14 because all of a sudden that culture shock would be what it is there's things that are obviously enjoyable about it uh, what do you think about, like, when we go, this is just kind of a bigger question, what you've seen from 5.0, what are you expecting or what are you looking forward to uh, personally for 5.1 and then also from a content perspective from what we've heard about what's coming with patch 5.1? Yeah, absolutely. Um, honestly, I think the thing I'm looking forward to the most is the 24, man. I mean, that's kind of what we get initially with the point with the odd patches is the 24 man um i haven't played near so i don't have like the background for mm -hmm. it but at the same time i do know that near is a really incredibly cool looking game so i know that it's going to probably be insanely visually appealing um i also thought that orban was like the most sorry that was about to say most best but the <laughs> the best production value um 24 man that they've ever released like the final mm -hmm. boss on Orban, i thought was so cool visually and i'm just it, it set my expectations pretty high for their future yeah metaquil in chat kind of said that he thought or they thought stormblood was boring in their opinion and i think with the exception of the raid especially with orbon like wow like that was such a contrast to what my experience over stormblood was generally positive but when you look at Shadowbringers, like it just blows Stormblood away, in my opinion. But that's where the like the raid was just this pinnacle within that series. And when they announced it, as because I have played near, I haven't I haven't finished it, I haven't fully completed it. And I it's that's kind of when I looked at September, I was like, I need to I need to get that done. How can I make time to get yeah. that done? And that kind of leads me to kind of almost the next question for you, like when do you actually find the best times to actually take break, like right now with your playing Fire Emblem, like. How, like 
Is there a specific time? Is it during the lulls that you try to do more variety or is it something that you're just doing as a principle from, from the start? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, I think during the lulls, I might find myself doing a little more of other games than I would normally. Um, I think streaming seven days a week, it's pretty hard to stream the same exact game every day. So even during the hype, I try to take days where I do variety. I generally like, you know how there's some people that log in on patch day and they're like, I'm going to play this game for 48 hours straight. and I'm going to literally do everything. I try not to do that because I feel like it makes it really hard to stretch out the content and like actually like be able to enjoy it over multiple streams because I did I remember this was back in heaven's word I think it was like patch 4.4 I did a 24 hour stream the day it came out um which honestly like I was down with because it was all fun like there was all this new stuff but then at the end of the 24 hour I was like what am I gonna do tomorrow because <laughs> <laughs> like I just did everything I did all the normal raids it's mm-hmm. all done Chris and um, I've done 24 but there's two of us and we we sleep. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, do you do you actually fully like clear your challenge log each week? Like with the sheer amount of playtime that you're doing, one of the things I have questions for like you and the handful of people that keep up with that consistent playing through all cycles. Like, what do you what do you find most weeks you end up focusing on? Yeah, I don't find honestly at this point. I kind of go in and out of maintaining efficiency, so to speak. Um, some weeks I'll do like nothing. Some weeks I'll want to like do everything, but I kind of just go with the flow because I think that's the most important thing. If you are creating content for the game, like on a super regular basis is to make sure you're doing what you want to do, because that's the only way you're kind of going to be excited about it. Um, so there are some weeks where I'm just like, all right, I'm going to go to horizon and just give mounts to saplings all night. Like, (laughs) like I've just done that. It's, you know, it's not really completing anything, um, but it's, it's fun and it's something to do in the game. That's fun. So um, definitely no, I don't finish my challenge log every week. So sometimes I I do a bit of it. (laughs) What, what brought you into 14 though? Like what got you started with the game? When did you come in and, uh, and why? I was looking for an MMO. Um, I had never played a Final Fantasy game before. Um, I really, really liked MMORPGs. I was not enjoying World of Warcraft. This was like back in Warlords of Draenor, which was the only World of Warcraft expansion I played. And I know not a very highly acclaimed one, um, which was equivalent to like uh, the it was actually it was like. No, I played that after. I started 14 and 2.3. Okay. So it was, it was before that for World for right, Defenders of Eorzea. <laughs> yeah. So I hadn't tried WoW yet, but I was just looking for an MMO. And, you know, there's a bajillion free-to-play ones on Steam that I tried that were all, like, pay to win, and I couldn't find anything. And then Final Fantasy came on my radar. I had tried it in high school. Like, I played the closed beta for 1.0 in high school. <laughs> um, and I logged in for three hours and was like, wow, this is trash. I can't even, like, navigate the menus. I hate this. It broke my so. PC like really well, in, in the way that like oh typically i look at a, a computer having a certain amount of life but it mm-hmm. ran so powerful like it was so mm-hmm. strong and ultimately at the end of it like i thought i would have had at least four years with the pc and i had two <laughs> i just remember i couldn't figure it out i was running around gradania and like i couldn't get in my inventory i was like what is this men-? the menuing just confused the heck out of me but that's how i got into it and i ended up just 
really sinking into it. I mean, I, I truly believe it is the best MMO on the market right now. I also don't think there's that much strong competition, unfortunately, and I wish there was, but I love the genre in general. What do you think about how there seems to be a question about how people want to return to the 1.0 era? What what does that make you think? Because every time as a 1.0 player, honestly, like I, I get the sentiment, like from a narrative perspective, but beyond that, like I don't think people truly re like remember the technical debt that 1.0 <laughs> had with it. Yeah, it's so different from Classic. I mean, Classic was like the beginning of WoW and like WoW was built upon that, you know? Like when it's not like our current Final Fantasy is built upon 1.0. Right. You know, Yoshi P literally had to come in and, and turn the game around. And so I feel like it's almost insulting to say like, go back to what you fixed, you know? Go back to the broken the broken product. It. I, I don't think it makes any sense, honestly. Chris has asked me that because like, I think you were you were you saw some question about it on an interview and you're like, Brian, what is this about? And I said, honestly, I think people want Final Fantasy XI remastered more than they actually really want 14 right. 1.0 because at yeah. least that says that game had a, a system and a, and a structure that support like 1.0 didn't even have the ability to search for items and, and 11 did. You know, it was just like, it was so in debt. Go ahead. What's interesting about comparing 11 remastered to classic is classic is not remastered. Right. Like it, it, they went back to as raw of a format as they can. Now the, you have the ability to turn your settings up really high, but they went back and tried to keep as close to the original art assets as possible, mm -hmm. as opposed to people saying, Oh, I wish they'd go back and make 11 run prettier. I wish they'd go back and, and it's like, no, 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 no. Like the classic is is so true to form that there are things that like I joined a group to join a dungeon and they hopped outside and they were like, wait, the meeting stone's not working. There were no yeah. meeting stones. I mean, How do I create an alliance uh, shaman? You don't. Yeah. Like <laughs> you don't. Um, yeah. I mean, there's something to be said too for like, wow, it's just it. And it was like back. I mean, I don't know what the numbers were. Wow classic versus ff11 but as far as i know wow was like mountains more popular at the time and i mean it was so much more mainstream there were so many more people playing it um and even when 1.0 came out wow was still like killing the game it was it was still extremely popular so final fantasy 14 has grown so incredibly mm -hmm. in the past four years and it's it's become like a giant like wow but i don't think there's the same sheer number of people with nostalgia for ff11 or early ff14 that there are with wow oh i i completely agree what i what i look at um because it's interesting because the reason why people say with 11 remastered as opposed to classic some people do want the classic servers you mm -hmm. run into the issue of play online play online was this thing they did which where you look at battle.net and it ha how it evolved as a community tool where you get these games it never did like square enix kind of abandoned that and that's where Terrible. it's like right and so it's like it has all of these things that it just won't work like when you look at how they had the remaster classic like or, or essentially it is classic but they had to do a lot of work for it they just didn't turn on these servers and then and, and let it run because it just wouldn't do it within how all the technology and the server structure has evolved. So it's like, okay, how do we get that done? So they invest a lot of time in making it happen. And that's where I use the term remastered because it's that, yeah, we people wouldn't want to play online. Like 11 right now as it exists, because you can still go play it, 
Like right. you have to jump through a lot of hoops to do so. And having gone, and this is where I think it, this is where classic makes, wow, classic makes me the most excited. Having stepped into that world and realized like, wow, like there is a, like the community was a survive together, die alone kind of, kind of prospect. You didn't have all of this mainstream stuff over the long run. We'll see if it actually is successful because is there really a market for it? And if there is, maybe then they could, they're, Square Enix looks at that and says, okay, cool. Like we, we get that you want that sandbox hardcore feeling. The only way we can do that because we don't have PS2 dev kits anymore. And that's the big problem with 11. <laughs> the only way we can do that is to redo that, you know, and do it like an Unreal or something like that. Because the visuals like with WoW Classic, I don't know if anybody's watched. Holy crap, it looks gorgeous. It looks gorgeous. Obviously, the models aren't as high res, but running all the settings up to high, I'm like, this is a beautiful world. This is really nice and connected. Well, that's just my two cents on it. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, go ahead. Um, I forgot what I was going to say, Steve. But <laughs> so, in comparing to 14, like it does feel it's weird to say that these are two games that feel comparable. And so, somebody who plays this much 14, like. Do you think it's splitting the market or are we still catering to the same players? Because the fact that we say that like WoW Classic and Shadowbringers are the two big ones in the room, that is an apple and an orange. Like they are they are so completely different as opposed to like BFA and 14 have a lot in common. BFA may have done a lot of it poorly, but like at their core functions, you know, you're still talking about a lot of the same quality of life features. You're still talking about tanks, healers, DPS, the same, roughly the same patch schedule. Oh, we have a raid. We have five mans like versus four mans. It's very comparable, but classic is not classic is something very different. Like, do you think this will start to have an effect on 14's development? If classic ends up being successful long-term? Maybe. I mean, I, yeah, they're extremely different. And I think that classic appeals to the kind of player that might have, a lot of different issues with Final Fantasy XIV's like very slow story, like how story heavy it is. You know, people that have issues with that um, might find WoW Classic more appealing. But honestly, like right now, we have Final Fantasy XIV, WoW, and WoW Classic, like GW2 and ESO. And those are like the only MMOs you hear about. So, like, you kind of have to compare them, even if they're so different. They kind mm -hmm. of have to be put in a basket together because. There's a lot of people who go out there like, I want to play an MMO and it's like, okay, here's your like few options of ones that have really decent player bases at least. And you kind of have to figure out which one works. Um, and it's hard for 14 because 14 has a very high price of entry um, compared to some of the others. So, Well, right now, especially uh, like, I don't know if you've seen some of the numbers, but people are who are new and they're playing through the story from ARR to now, like they're clocking in at 360, 380 I'm hours. I'm so excited for 5.3 when they condense the story. Some people aren't though. And I can respect the feeling of, hey, this is, this is, you don't want to lose. And I think that when you go back and actually look at that, that, that part of it, like I, I don't, I, hopefully they don't remove, but hopefully they just say, oh, this is side quest. You know, just like it loses yeah. that. That was addressed at FanFest, and Yoshi P said, hey, if we move things to being side quests, just realize that's going to move them outside of the New Game Plus. Mm -hmm. So for those of you that are asking for this, you played this content once, you're excited to get to go back and play it. If we take it and we, and we take it out from the MSQ kind of umbrella, and we put it out as a side quest where it becomes optional content to get more lore, 
then all of a sudden you're not going to be able to play it over and over and over. Um, I feel like um, they need to make the first run through a very condensed experience and then have the, which they did say in 5.3, they were going to condense it, but then they could include all that extra stuff in the new game plus where if you want to, you can decide to go back and experience mm -hmm. the full story. That's a, that, I mean, that would be First, a flag. That, that's just an if statement because it's like, take it if it exists today and then you, you copy that as a part of if in New Game Plus, here's that experience. Otherwise, here's the, con here's the condensed, get you, get you as fast as the first as possible. Yeah. Now, Draenor was your last wow. Is that what you said? Was Draenor when they added the free level boost potion with purchase of the game? Was it yep. the first one? Yep. You use yours, I assume? I, I leveled a character <laughs> and I used it. I did both. So yeah, so I used mine for an alt. So when you used it for an alt, it sent you. I I didn't play in Draenor. That was one of my that was my off expansion. Um, okay. so you got to play through like a level one hundred like mm -hmm. here, play the game tutorial. Mm -hmm. So I guess what I'm picturing, and I, I don't think this is what they're going to do, but what I'm picturing would work well from this like condensing standpoint is if they would just give you like a, a skip potion effectively, like a, a skip potion of new playerness. And when you log in, you, this, this item is automatically applied to your account. It's not optional. And it just, it just shoots you through and you're like basically in waking sands and they tell you this story and then you're teleported off to like Uldah and they tell you this story. And then you're in Mord Mordona and they tell you the story. And then here you are, you're stepping into the first and now you play Shadowbringers and they're like, oh, like if you have questions about like the Crystal Tower, all these other things, you can go back and play those expansions in their entirety. But basically we just have like a 30 or 40 minute cutscene that's just chained together cutscenes from before and we're, you know, and a couple of texts to fill in the gaps um, with a skip potion and then make that 360 hours optional because it's really hard to want to put 360 hours into a game that you haven't you're not in love with yet so it's easy for those of us on this end to go oh it's totally worth it but it's like how can i know that like that's a crazy amount of time my mind i think of it because like i said in the pre-show i'm working on getting in shape and it sucks and honestly like at some point if i if i'm when i'm able and i'm like great i'm back into i guess <laughs> the, the, my ideal weight class yeah that was worth it but and now I'm, and I'm happy I did it. But during it, it's something that you have to kind of overcome. And it's a challenge. And that's one I don't know if you see this within your community when you stream. But one of the number one things and that's why like, we put together our ultimate getting started guide and saying, here are the two biggest walls that you're going to face in this game in its entirety. And it's level 31 to 49. And then it's patch 2.1 to 2.55. Like you get through those two gaps. Because one of the one guy I talked to, and uh, like if I ever do kind of a follow-up guide or just kind of like a quick tips guide, it's literally going to be, oh, by the way, like around 20, you're going to get your mount. And it's a it's a quest. It's a story quest. He leveled up to 20, changed his job, ended up taking forever, finally got back to that point on an alt because he had burned all his quests on the, on the first thing. And he was just running around physically. And it's like, gosh, like I wish I had known that there you unlock your mountain at this part because then it makes it so much easier to do so. And I was like, that's good to know because I just played through it. You know, I just, I just, yeah. I just kept going on. And so there's these little kind of gotcha moments that the game kind of has at its core where you don't actually see that later, where you see like the design streamlined, the the feedback received, and how the, the game and everything's kind of come 
uh, kind of full circle. So ultimately, like, do you see that in your community at all when it comes down to uh, like people who are struggling to kind of get caught up or, or jump in? Or is it, is your community uh, more just those who are like, you know, I've been here since day one. There's a lot of people who are at the end, but yeah, you definitely, I mean, I've seen new players start from the beginning. I mean, I've seen people um, who started when Shadowbringers came out and right now they're like, yay, I'm level 30. And I'm like, okay, you got to keep going. <laughs> like, and it just feels, it feels tough. Cause they're like, all right, I have people come to my stream that are like, I just hit level 50. This is so exciting. I'm so excited for Heaven's War. And I'm like, oh, wait, you just hit level 50. You probably got like at least a couple weeks, <laughs> you know, before you actually get to Heaven's War because there's so much there that they have to do. Um, so it's these like milestones. But I think a big part of it, and I, I tell this to people, um, is that it's, it's hard to not get burnt out on 14 if you don't have... A, a social environment that you enjoy being in within it mm. um and i think that's for a lot of people i mean that's not everyone some people like to just play the game solo and don't care but for a lot of people having others around that are progressing or encouraging them or playing with them is what keeps people interested even though the game they've played 200 hours and the game hasn't picked up yet, <laughs> you know so that's a big part of it for me what do you think so like what is the piece of advice you give to like a brand new player hey i'm thinking about getting the free trial and then in that same stream somebody comes in and goes i'm bored like what can i be doing i've, I've cleared everything i'm capped on tomes for the week like i picture when you stream that much like those two types of people have to stop by a pretty fair bit right so um the person who's at the end and bored and done I, I always give them a few options. I say, A, you should take a break because sometimes you really do just need a break um, because when you do get to the end of all the content, you don't want to be forcing yourself to play a game because then you're not going to want to play any of the future new content. Mm -hmm. um, otherwise, you know, I talk about the social parts of the game, the doing, if you haven't completed, you know, a lot of people haven't completed COIL. And while it's not the easiest thing to put together a party, it's totally possible. There's so many people out there that are in their heads like, I really want to do COIL, but nobody makes a party. So that if you actually like start looking, it is possible to find people. Um, going back and doing old content you haven't done and stuff is, is a lot of fun for people. That's um, one of the really exciting things about Party Finder, though, because it's that yeah. often... I have discovered that, yeah, maybe somebody's not doing the thing that I'm looking for. And if I started, if I create that party finder thing, all of a sudden it's like, oh man, thank God somebody was wanting to do exactly. this, right? It's People like, are very shy to start their own parties. And I'm always trying to encourage it because it's like, there's probably another person who's scared to start the party too. <laughs> yeah, it it is, it is interesting because there is this especially with like at older content though, there's fear like I should know it, right? Like before I do it. And then how do I, how do I get that learning aspect? And that's why one of the things that we try to add is like, just let people know you're new. Hey, this is learning. Hey, we're doing unsynced. Hey, you know what? Like, yeah. And that ends up kind of helping set the tone and the expectation. I think it's usually when expectations are, are misaligned. I've run into that in, in palace of the dead where I went in hoping to, to clear as quickly as possible and there were other people who were like, no, I'm here to farm chests. And I was like, oh, we got matched together, but I'm, you know, we have, we have different goals. 
and ultimately that creates that can create tension so that's where either you know like you have either get a tight-knit social group within the link shell or free company uh or within discord yeah or take breaks but taking breaks is healthy uh especially for the long run of the game like ideally you you end up playing the game quite a bit but not all like 100% of the time. That's where, it, otherwise you end up missing out on a lot of really good games. And that's one of the core designs that Yoshi P continually hits on, you know, like take breaks. Mm -hmm. So what do you tell the new player that's deciding if like this is the game for them, right? They're, I mean, they're obviously playing something right now. Right. Uh, what, what do you tend to focus on when trying to like describe this game? Obviously you're biased and you want to do your best to like sell the game, but at the same time, it's not a fit for everybody. Yeah, I mean, I always, you know, we always have to disclaimer it. Like, the game starts out slow. Don't worry. Things pick up. Don't worry about it. But, I mean, there are all different kinds of new players out there. And sometimes you can kind of get a feel for them if they actually, like, start talking about their previous experiences. But there are new players who really want the game to start slow. There are people who are like, oh, I'm really worried. I've never played an MMO before. Like, is this going to be safe for me? Like, am I going to mess up? And it's good. You can be like, hey game starts really slow you'll be fine it'll hold your hand and they're like yay and then there's the player who's like i've been playing wow for 12 years i am a hardcore player yeah how do i kill everything and you're like okay slow down the hard um, thing for them is is going in and, and explaining to them that it is the msq that's the that's the true boss right now for them because we see people like what's the most efficient way to level and it's like msq like after that like then it then you have all this other these other options but you still have to get through the msq even if you're at level cap <laughs> yeah it's true and honestly i mean so this is kind of a controversial thing i think boosts are kind of controversial but when you have someone who's been playing mmos for years and is like having a hardcore gamer moment getting into this game like i'll encourage them to boost if they want to i'll be like dude like if you don't care about the story at all you just want to raid like boost because i i can tell from your your personality that you're gonna be able to figure it out and get good on your own without having like the slow progression yeah if you know how to go read tooltips you're gonna yeah. be okay i think a lot of people like to make boosts the boogeyman yeah like if you're i don't know if you see that where Oh, like, oh, boosts make bad players. It's like a bad player is going to be a bad player whether they boost or not. Like, I know plenty of I know plenty of level 80s that have never looked at a tooltip. They've never done whatever. And you know it when you get partied with them. And that's just that's the, the magic of rolling the dice in a roulette. But like they people like to put blame on it. I would say to that player, though, just don't tell anybody because it's there there is this there is this protectionist of the story where if you don't like we see it numerous times and i'm like i i agree with them like how could you play this game not and and not enjoy the story i'm like i know but then at the same time i have my buddy chris over here who just recently got into the story and it's like i can respect it because his logic and reasoning perfectly sound like hey i've played mmos hey by the way catch up to your friend brian who's like Artie in Heaven's Word. Hey, do you know? <laughs> it's like, well, how do I do that? Well, I hit skip. You know? I can't tell you how many times when I, because I, I am shaving, saving Shadowbringers MSQ for later. I can't tell you how many times someone came into my stream and said, What is wrong with you? You skipped that cutscene, you horrible person. Like people would get personally hurt. 
by it. Um, and it always was, you know, I had the, okay, don't worry, I'm going to do it on another character. But it always was honestly odd to me how like viscerally upset some people would get about me not reading the story at that time. I, I think to tell people that you can't enjoy this game if you don't like the story is saying that the I'm game outside that. of the story is not good. Yeah. But I think this game has a lot of good things and it's not like, yes, the story is good, but they're not mutually exclusive. There are other good things too. So if you simply remove one, right? If you love the PVP of this game, because it is neat, it's just the queue times are too long. If you just remove that, there's still other good qualities. If you remove the glamour system, there's other good things. The glamour system's awesome. But if you remove it, there's still other good things. So to say like, oh, you can't like it. If you remove this one good thing, like, that's that's calling everything else junk and i just don't feel that way about 14. so i'm gonna i'm gonna say something a little controversial i know i get a lot of heat from it you know from the kind of the the, the concept and i am speaking of it how 14 is now 14 <clears throat> has evolved in a way that i don't believe it's a theme park anymore but i believe it actually to be multiple different types of games like if you actually go look which it's it's the evolution of the theme park so I would always think when I look at 14 and why I think we see kind of the people get upset about like the story and why they really like, it's a good story. I really enjoy it. I think Final Fantasy 14 is a single player game. It's a single player game, like 13, 12, 10, nine, but it happens to be set on top of this MMO, this MMORPG that we love. And then we have this multiplayer experience and nothing makes that me more resolve into that theory than the trust system. Because now you can truly play from Shadowbringers right now. And ideally, at some point, they're going to retrofit that to where you can truly have a single-player Final Fantasy experience for the story and the narrative. Because that teaches you, doesn't teach you how to play the MMO side of it. But then you're, you're, on, you're in and on top of this MMORPG. So you have the aspect to be able to bring in people and to have that, that thing that draws us and connects us together. And that's where I think even Chris completely disagrees with my assessment, but that's how I actually vision it. I see this world of the MMORPG and then I see Final Fantasy 14, like a meteor smashing into it. <laughs> does MSQ not require some eight mans? It does right now. Okay. And right. the trust system doesn't handle that at all. Not, even a, if you, not at the moment. The right. Even if you, even if you make the squadron system into, you know, new game trust uh <laughs> you still you still you're still stuck for eight bands mm -hmm. queuing in and understanding your role right that's the smashing in right now of it but it, from a narrative perspective like they're getting really close to it's essentially and i like that aspect because i think it, it respects and where the community who loves final fantasy as a franchise even though spofy hadn't ever played that before like there is this richness of like what it means to be a Final Fantasy game. And I think they nailed it. I think Yoshi P and his team nailed it. And I know that's why I always try to be very careful when I say it, because some people hear that and they're like, that's offensive to the, you know, to, to 14. I was like, no, I think it's, it's marrying these two things and it does it so well that it's hard to see where, where it is a single player game and where it actually is a multiplayer game because you get to run around in this world with other people. So what are your thoughts? Like, I know, like, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard me say that before, but that's just my, my personal opinion. I'm not saying I'm right. <laughs> yeah, I think it really depends on what perspective you come from. Um, I mean, I, like like you said, came from the perspective of someone that was looking for an MMO. So when I look at the game, like the for all the positives that I tend to see are related to how it interacts as a multiplayer game. 
Um, I have had to point out there have been people who come to my channel and say, I want like, a, can I play this game solo? And I say, yes, you can. There are times where you'll have to duty find other people, but you don't have to come in with friends. You don't have to have a group. You can play solo and never be in like a guild or an FC or anything. Um, but I think there are a lot of things. I mean, they've added stuff like trust and stuff, but I really hope they keep what the things that make it really feel like an MMO. Like the thing that comes to mind the most is the housing system. And I get very upset when people want instanced housing i know it's just a i know that's another controversial topic because housing is but um oh, housing like is such a hot topic it always it is. is i honestly and i'd love to know your thoughts i'd be fine if they took it away from individual householders and just returned it to free companies because that's how originally the neighborhoods were designed it was free company housing it wasn't i like individual housing but i personally think that large houses should be limited to free companies I don't think individuals need to own large houses. And I say that as an individual who owns a large house. That That's actually legitimately fair because it's always, it, you always are, it's more trustworthy. And I, and I can get behind an idea if that person who's leading the charge is negatively going to be impacted by it. Like, yeah. no guys, this just makes natural sense. And it should be taken, you know, like, okay, like rather than like, I don't have a large house and I'm an individual and nobody else should either. It's, yeah. you know, it's more like, nope, this really doesn't make any sense for large houses. <laughs> yeah, But I think that the fact that they are not instance adds to the like, you know, community feel of the game so much. I mean, just getting to like be in the neighborhood with my FC and have like blah, blah, blah of their house right here. And the other FC that you have some friends and have their house over there and everybody kind of hang out. Like it feels so much better than what I experienced with the garrison system in WoW, which is instance housing where you're just sitting there alone <laughs> in your thing. That's what, so. that's what I really enjoyed about like Eureka. That's what I really enjoyed about like just the world within like hanging out of the Crystarium. You know, it's just like there is that activity and, and so much more going on. Uh, it gets me out of my my neighborhood because one of the things I think I spent more time in Storm, you know, Stormblood was like outside of the MSQ, which I'd go do that. And then it's like, OK, I would be at my house and I would queue up for whatever. And with uh, with Shadowbringers and with the fate changes, like if I'm usually waiting for something, it's like, great, let me go run a fate in the zone and, you know, keep trying to kind of tick that box a little bit so it does get me out and about actually into the beautifully designed zones that that they right. have continually crushed so yeah. to, to get to like your core question there is 14 a, a single player game or a multiplayer game right what is it at its core i think it's multiplayer um it can be very introverted but like introverted doesn't mean you're not around other people mm -hmm. um you you still live in a society you still live by a set of rules that, that impact other people. Um, so I do think it's more introverted than games like more sandboxy games. Like, I mean, like what WoW Classic has been, there are literally moments where you're not gonna be able to complete a quest if you don't party up with those people. You can try, but you're gonna spend literally an hour doing that quest. You're gonna have to wait until the rewards don't matter. You're gonna have to out-level it to be able to take it on because the elite mobs will kill you. The spawn rates of things popping up behind you will kill you. And the run back is going to cost you 10 minutes every time. And you're competing for tags and like, you should just join a five man. Like you should, you should just do that. And there's people chatting. So to kind of compare those, I do think that it, it's more introverted. If you want to play by yourself, you can, but I don't think it's a single player game. I think there's a ton of moments where you are exposed to other players in main cities and you can't turn them off. 
So you see their glamour, you see um, there's, there's definitely people stepping in on your interpretation of the game. Um, things like housing, you can't have an instanced house. You, you have to, even if you want to play this game from an introverted standpoint, you have to at least tolerate that other people are doing the same thing alongside you. So I think it's still an MMO at its core. Um, it just allows you to do more things by yourself. So you don't have to find a group. Um, I don't know. That's kind of my thought. So I, I don't think it's a single player game. So if you have any, any more thoughts on that? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, no, I think I agree, honestly, like that's, that's kind of in line with how I see it as well. It's going to be interesting overall, the, when we, when you can compare and contrast, because like we said at the top of the show, when I look at things like Eureka and some of the other systems that they are, that 14 is doing it in different ways where WoW Classic is the entirety of the experience where in 14, they acknowledge that people want that, that stuff. And so they've worked to kind of bring that in. My, my biggest issue with Eureka was that it was a part of an instanced server. So you like, you didn't have things like party finder and, and a few other things that I was like, that would make it a lot easier. Cause like the only, I mean, the only reason I came down to that was I was, a, I was the healer. And I'm trying to recruit and people are dying because I'm trying to recruit like via yells. And I was like, this is okay. We got to change this up. I either don't need to be healing or somebody else just needs to be handling the, the recruiting of the party as it kind of ebbed and flowed. But it was truly like this interesting kind of thing. And what it ended up doing was like, I was like, yeah, I actually do miss that community. And when I've talked to other people who like at first were like, what is this Eureka thing? They ended up finding and falling in love with it because of that sense because the, it was dangerous but then it's good that it is its own thing so that the rest of the game you know you do have that ability to play it kind of like quietly by yourself if needed or if you want to have that experience and so it is that it still falls into that theme park of you kind of pick and choose and that's why for me like when we were talking earlier about 5-1 the two things that i'm most excited to learn about is a the rebuilding of ishgard because I really like, I'm not a big crafter or gatherer, but absolutely the fact that you can jump into that at any crafting and gathering level and it's a whole community kind of aspect, I'm just like, what is it gonna like? I'm just like, I can't wait. I'm like, oh, is it some kind of turn ins that I'm doing? Is it what? Like, I, I just cannot wait to see what all that's about as, it, as an entire server is doing this. And then at the same time, I can't wait to learn about what the 5.1x relic thing is going to be this time around and i have a lot of high hopes and i'm trying to keep them trying to keep them down um, because... <laughs> go ahead i didn't i didn't like eureka oh so. that's fine i didn't either um, yeah i'm <laughs> i'm really worried about it though because i think it is going to be another eureka type situation and I, I don't know i i really liked the relic when i first started in realm reborn mm -hmm. getting my relic weapon was a huge highlight for me and i did it on content you know mm -hmm. i started 2.3 atmos had been nerfed once but they were still pretty ridiculously hard yeah i did books on content you know the dungeon amas and it was like all very ridiculous amounts of grinding but i just remember really liking it <laughs> i think for me like the biggest thing that ended up taking away because it was that balance and it's the question while classic is answering <clears throat> is that i liked how in the old relic systems like you would do roulettes and you would go do fates and you would go like they had all these things that were all encompassing of what the game had to offer so it was kind yep. of like by the way go do this and so that was kind of that was for me i found enjoyable but with the with uh eureka it took people out of the open world and so with stormblood the open world ended up feeling very empty like i was like i was running around i'm like i remember seeing tons of people 
especially when the relic came out, but then even still like people would still go and do it. Now they're all just kind of off on their own. And I always just hope that whatever they end up doing is kind of a blending of both systems. I've even said like, it would be great if your, your roulettes, like if you're a cap, they don't have to be a hundred percent efficient. Like it could even be at 25% efficiency would reward you something towards your relic. So if you don't feel like jumping on for that content, you still have a way of doing it and kind of participating in it albeit not obviously as effective because they want to drive people to certain things. So ultimately that, but beyond that, like that's why I'm actually excited about learning what the next step is because yeah. we have the world visit system. And I've said like, man, don't put it in duty finder, put it in world visit. Like just here's your own special world server that you can go live on. And it's got different rules or something. like I don't know. I mean, I, and that's why I'm trying not to set my expectations to what would impossible. You what would you want the relics to look like, Spuffy? Um, so I've, I've thought a bit about this. I would really, I mean, for me, it would be a real callback to the Roma Born one and the way it would sort of function. I didn't even like the anima that much because I felt like the anima was step one, get poetic. Step two, get more poetic. Step three, more poetic. <laughs> like everything was purchased with poetic. Well, so it, yeah, and that was back when it was Mendacity when it first came out. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, and it became just grind arf through the entire thing, and that kind of just bored me. But I I really liked how specific the Realm Reborn Relic was. Like, it was like, okay, we have these books. You have to kill three of these monsters here, ten of these monsters here, and it took you all around the different zones, which would be cool if we were taken back all around the Shadowbringer zones. It'd be cool if the share, the um, fate by colored gemstones were included in some way, you know, like, each piece for this step costs 500 bicolor gemstones from each of the zones. Um, just like going around, like collecting things in a way that like lets you experience the expansion, mm -hmm. involves you in content that other players might need cues for, you know, like go get this thing from Kitana's or something that, that makes other players' cues easier. All that stuff like makes the relic really cool for me. Yeah, I think that I, I hopefully we see a, a blending of both because we know that something in terms of what they call exploratory contents coming back so we don't know if it's going to touch the relic or not so um 5.1 i think is going to be probably we felt like from what they've kind of teased it felt like it's a whole other expansion like you get we're getting not just the new raid new dungeons new trials obviously new story but then you get the the crafting the new game plus like it was just a pvp adjustments and changes like it's like boom 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 boom, boom. and it's like wow like this is gonna this is definitely going to suck me back in uh, in well, a lot of good ways. To, um, when I talked to Yoshi P too, and I asked about Diadem, he said that it was going to be involved in the in the Ishgard content oh, patch. So wow. I didn't in my mind, that. I'm like, what's going to happen with Diadem, you know? So maybe they'll involve that in the Relic. I don't know. That'd be neat. That'd be neat to see that kind of refreshed and brought back. The uh, I always thought it was like, I always wish that that was content you could also use to level up in. You know, yeah. uh, just as that like, was the worst part of it was that it didn't help you in any way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, that essentially is kind of the, the main topic um, on that. Uh, Spofy, do you have any final thoughts, anything that you want to share, anything that you you're excited about coming up on stream? Um, you're hitting. Yeah, that's a tough question. <laughs> the no. We saved the hardest um, question for last yeah right well we're finishing up fire emblem three houses which i'm very excited about we're getting towards the end um new obviously, dlc might be announced today for it though just warning you <laughs> yeah i need to buy the season pass still but um 
obviously doing some final fantasy i mentioned earlier that we've been doing um mentor roulette betting runs where we try to see how many mentor roulettes we can do in five hours which is always hilarious and people laugh at me when i get praetorium five times in a row uh, which is statistically very unlikely but it still happens to me um and yeah it's a good time so over on twitch.tv slash spoofy all right that's where you can find her chris what are we working on where can people find us uh, well, lately we've been logging into a lot of WoW Classic while we wait for Destiny 2 to come out and uh, while we kind of uh, make sure that we're not overdoing 14, so we're definitely still playing 14, but I, I know I'm, I haven't gotten my Eden clears yet for the week and it's already Wednesday at the time of this recording. I've been playing um, a lot offline, like off stream, which has been really so. enjoyable. Uh, on Classic, we're playing on the PvP server Herod, um, but the queue times on there sometimes get a little out of hand. So we've been playing Horde there, and we're playing Alliance over on PvE server on Paggle, which is uh, one of the servers that tends to have lower queue times. Now, they have announced that they're going to be allowing free server transfers off the... They say off high pops. I'm wondering how they're going to define that, because they're all high pop. Uh, so they, they need to clarify. Uh, but yeah, I've been spending a lot of time on WoW Classic, and and just, it's a lot of times with MMOs in general. I don't know when I would find time to play a single player game right now um, outside of an upcoming family trip that I'm taking. Yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to hearing about uh, his trip. <laughs> he'll probably, I don't know if he'll make a video about it, but we'll see. First first trip to Scotland. Yeah. That's exciting. Oh man, I'm jealous. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, and for me, I think uh, I'm hopefully not going to upset too many people as uh gears five comes out this uh thursday or whatever i'm gonna be planning on uh playing that as much as i can can't play that around the kids so i don't know if i'm going to stream it namely because of just the just the level of violence and gore but if i do stream it we'll see how it goes uh from there and i'm so i'm looking forward to kind of getting that knocked out and then maybe getting returning uh, and trying to get near knocked out uh i'm almost done with machinist and it looks like i did a poll for a red mage, uh, or at least like what job should I level after machinist? And I've loved machinist, but red mage essentially looks like it's right now. The it's in the it's clearly in first place, so that makes me happy because I love my casters. And uh, yeah, that's going to be working on. Like we said at the beginning of the show, we had Avalon Star, uh, so be sure to check that out. I think it was a really exciting podcast. I was really happy to have sit, sit down with Brian again. But next week, and next week we have Skill Up coming on the podcast. Uh, he's one of the guys who put in 360 plus hours into the story. And I don't know how long his video review of it's going to be. He tends to put out these epic game review videos, which I really end up appreciating because it goes into a lot of nuance. Cause we, you know, like one of the things that we see and we'll probably talk about uh, is the state of video game reviews. A lot of people, uh, they piss some people off, like, you know, and people seem to get really upset by him. And at least with skill ups, even if we don't agree, like he gives you enough time to, to like to explain how he feels and why he feels a certain way about a certain thing. So at least you can ideally start to rather than like, here's this arbitrary score. Uh, please rage on <laughs> about like what this number no, means. A documentary as a review. It was great. Four out of 10. Four out of 10. Yeah. Uh, like he is the, the documentary reviewers. So uh, be sure to check out the, that podcast uh, next week. Uh, and we, again, we thank you, Spofy, for taking the time out of your day, especially after just coming off of PAX West uh, to sit down and talk with us about video games. We really appreciate your time. But anyway, for Work to Game, my name is Brian. My name's Chris. I'm Spofy. I'm <laughs> 
People get it. They get it. We're gonna. I'm gonna keep yeah. rocking it. It's we, we've been doing it for 37 episodes. Not gonna stop anytime soon. <laughs> Thanks so much for watching the podcast. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We hope you have a fantastic day. We'll see you next time. Oh, my God.